You're listening to the Bookkeepers Podcast with the 6FB, the weekly podcast for bookkeepers. Every week, we'll be talking about what's new in the bookkeeping world. And here are your hosts and founders of the Six Figure Bookkeeper, Joe Wood and Zoe Whitman. Hi, and welcome to the Bookkeepers Podcast. I'm Zoe Whitman. I'm in South Wales. I'm here with Joe Wood and Kent. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm good. It's um, it's really grey and miserable and dark these days, isn't it? But how is it in sunny South Wales? It's actually sunny, like all that horrible storm's gone, so uh, looking all right at the moment, yeah, it's good. <laughs> We've just had a really good morning. We've, um, Joe and I worked together on a Wednesday and we had a session with Beiju, who is joining us today, who is our business coach. And Beiju's here, He's a. am going to describe you, Beiju, as a performance guru. You've definitely oh. helped me change my game and uh, believe in myself more since we've been working together. And Beiju's going to come on and talk to us about well, you know what, it is, this thing about changing our game is really important and, and our self-belief. And this is definitely an area that our bookkeepers struggle with. So, um, Beja, do you want to, hello, and do you want to let us know a little higher? Um, do you want to let us know? It's nice here in sunny South End as well. <laughs> You're not far from Joe then. Where are you, Joe? Gravesend. Oh yeah, across the river. So if I yeah. go can you be South End Pier from where you are? Yeah, that's right. I told you a story years ago. We took our family to, uh, we're going to go, we went to Rochester, right? Driving down the M25, dark for tunnel, hour and a half. And we got there, parked up, and we thought, hang on, we can see South in there. We've driven here an hour and a half, two hours, just to get our home. So we don't realise how close it is. So yeah, I'm in yes. South End. I always love to do the like little geographical intro and know where people are. It just, it's nice to, to know where, like, yeah, we love to know where you're in South Wales, if you go across, down yeah. to Groveland, South End, it's a nice little... Uh, it's not equilateral, it's, a, it's an isosceles triangle. <laughs> God, I can't, remember, I can't believe I remember that. It's <laughs> amazing. Oh, oh, well, so what do you do, Beiji? What, what's your, uh, what do you do? So what do I do? Well, we met Fry Clubhouse, didn't yeah. we? And you, you, you uh, uh, first time I met you guys was at the, uh, the EMC, the Entrepreneurs Marketing Conference. And you obviously knew me because you heard from Clubhouse. So, It'd be interesting, just for the people that are listening, when you were hearing me on Clubhouse, what did you hear? What was the things that thought, okay, this is someone that we would like to connect with? What was the kind of things I was talking about? Because lots of things I do, but it's more about my, what what the impact is. And I think people, if people can understand what you heard that made you feel we want to connect mm. with this individual, they maybe can relate to that. I think what you've just said about the impact is really important because I think we don't always realise our impact. And we had a conversation this morning about how things have changed for Joe and I in the profession with through what we've been doing and how that's affected uh, a big community of different people. But the things I was listening to on Clubhouse were very just very sound business advice, great strategy. Um, you are able to look in without... Um, needing to know all of the detail and and give people really helpful advice but it's the challenging the thinking like that I knew that was what I needed when we started working together um I knew my inner game was poor we'll talk about your scorecard later and uh, and uh, yeah I think it was just like knowing that there's so much potential but that extra piece of work that extra push into that uncomfortable zone would make a massive difference yeah when you think about someone's potential is performance minus interference. So what's in the way of stuff? What's in the way? So in the layman world, they think, oh, I haven't got the money. 
I haven't got the background. Um, I'm not uh, good looking enough. I'm not strong enough. Um, I haven't got the uh, resources around me. So they look at all these things outside of them and go, this is the interference. So no wonder I can't reach my potential because all of these interference affects my performance. So what we do is we settle. We, we use the genuine, well, I haven't got, enough, I haven't got uh, as much money as you. Well, excuse me, I haven't got a faster car as you. Well, excuse me, I haven't got the contacts that you have. So understandably, I can't reach my potentials. And I'm right. And I like to be right. I'm right. I'm right. And in some weird way is if someone can live their life thinking, well, um, I had all these reasons why I couldn't settle. They can live with that potential of not reaching their potential. You know, they sort of settle and settle early. That the school system is geared towards, well, just make sure you're the same as everybody else. Pass these exams, do these things. Don't, don't, don't be too distracted. Don't be a disruptor. You know, be this sheep and then you'll be okay, right? And then we get to our stage in life. Like both of you, you know, you, you come out of school, whether you go college or not college, and you start doing things. You look around and we go, I want more. Well, why can't I have more? You know, that, that person's actually the same as me. They've got more. What do they do? And then you realize when you strip it all away, but what's the difference makes a difference is mindset. Yeah. Right? Because with the mindset then comes with a, oh, well, if I think this way, these will be the two actions. If you're telling me, if I think this way, I can do this third action. Well, hang on, I haven't got more money. Don't need more money. But I haven't, but my story is the same. You know, my parents are like this, doesn't matter. Yeah, but I, I'm not, I haven't got the bigger house, doesn't matter. Oh god, oh. Uh, I haven't got the resources. Doesn't matter. Oh god, god, and they run out of excuses. Mm -hmm. I run out of excuses. Then they think, what's left? What's left? Okay, go on. I try it. Then they try it a little bit. It doesn't work. Told you, told you, told you. Doesn't work. Told you, told you, told you. And they go back to their settled, uh, fixed mindset. Mm -hmm. But like we all know, you try something once, the odds ain't gonna work. Try it twice, you might get lucky. Third time, fourth time, fifth time, sixth time, you start seeing things. Start seeing things working. So I know your community is bookkeepers, right? Now, there's probably various reasons why they got into bookkeeping. There's probably a percentage just fell into it. I don't know what else to do. I was good at numbers. I fell into it. There's others who rightly might have said, I wanted to be an accountant, but they they didn't believe in themselves enough to be an accountant because they thought, because we're going to challenge this in a minute, they thought bookkeeper is secondary to accountancy which is not but they might be their thought process. well i can't be an accountant because i can't do x y z oh i'll be a bookkeeper mm -hmm. and there'll be another um, uh, section of people who think no no i really love that world i want to be into it so they they're in. so it doesn't really matter how you got in there now you're in there you've got to say to yourself okay how can i practice the art of bookkeeping well you can either work for someone fine work for someone get you know like a job p-a-y-e you work for someone on a 28, you get some money, job done, we live for the weekend, job done. Every, all happy. But what you also find, especially in the last, especially since COVID, especially since what's going on, is people think, actually, I can take control of this. I don't, I can work my hours. If someone pays me 25 pounds, 35 pounds, 45 pounds, 50 pounds an hour, I can, you know, I can do my book. I know how to do book. That's easy. PL and balance. I can do all those things. But what stops me charging? Uh, more what stops me getting the extra time that happens in your head and i bet you a lot of the questions that you get with your community is people saying like i, I and I, I spoke to some of your community a few weeks ago and i asked them a question if you gave yourself a score out of 10 
on your your own ability of doing the job i.e you know doing a set of accounts doing a cash flow forecast actually everybody gave themselves a seven eight nine out of ten mm-hmm. right someone gave 11 out of 10 i said that worries me because if you're doing 11 out of 10 and you're doing bookkeeping that's a worry but that's a different that's, that's, that's a different that's a different conversation right and then i said to them is give yourself a score out of 10 of how you believe you can create a business for yourself to do the thing you want to do threes fours fives right and then you think okay what's in the way of growing a business um and it was that thing about well if um uh, knowing uh well will someone want to hire me if i ch- i don't know what the going rate is um, let's assume the going rate is 50 pound an hour and you said actually you can charge 75 pound an hour what goes through someone's head oh am i taking the piss will someone will i lose clients Will someone come to me? So all of that stuff is to do with the, the mindset. Now, what we, what we don't want to fall, I know I'm going on a bit here, Zoe, but I will stop with a minute. No, you're all right. I'm going in the river. What we don't want to do is fall into a trap thinking there's an, there's an end, end game whereby at this point, my mindset is sorted and then I'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Right? And people look for the end game. They look for the end game with two, two um, destructive assumptions. One, that there is an end game mm-hmm. when there isn't. And two, is that it's going to be there quick. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, I finally cracked it. I, had a, I, I spoke with Joe. She told me this. Zoe showed me this. I've cracked it. I'm going to sort it out. Tuesday comes along, get a phone call, blah, blah, oh, all over the shop. Right? And this is this oscillation of emotion. Mm-hmm. So, what I do is eliminate the interference to answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Love that. Oh my goodness. And and you and you have you do help us to see very clearly what we kind of already know like you say we know what the outcome is but we confuse things and let our other things get in the way and stops us and that yeah. We overthink and overcomplicate. And the reason we do that is like, look, you know, the very nature of being a bookkeeper means you've got to be quite analytical, right? Mm. You need to be able to, unless there's, there's not cut to the chase here, you're probably very analytical. You know how to, you know, you're good with numbers and all the rest of it, right? So that's the nature of someone. Like, for example, I could never be a bookkeeper because I'm not that way inclined. But this appreciative, appreciate the individual who is a bookkeeper or an accountant likes that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a certain skill set there. The skill sets are required to do that. Some of those skill sets are really useful in terms of growing a business. Some of them not. It's like, for example, you know, sometimes I give advice. I know you describe me as a business coach, but I coach business owners on more around performance, but I appreciate that there's a differential there. But I sometimes work with um, uh, startups and I say, well, my accountant gives me this advice, but you're saying this advice. It's because we're coming from a different viewpoint of how to start a company, where we should be VAT registered, where we should do this tax or whatever it may be. We're coming from, they're both right, but it's depending on your risk averseness. So a lot of your community will be thinking about, well, let's put, let's assume that um, what what's in the way of, of getting what you really want is yes, on the surface level, you, you're in the way, right? That's great, you're in the way. But what is it that you're in the way? It's like, there's three things. Number one, the story you tell yourself. So how do you change the story? Well, the way you change the story is to listen to other people who might be one millimeter ahead of you, right? Number one, change the story. Number two is base everything you do on a truth, not an assumption. 
So if you say, oh, I don't believe that person will pay me that fee or give me the evidence that's the case, the way you prove it is you have to ask for the fee. Simple, right? And you have to ask for it a hundred times. And then that, oh my God, right? And number three in terms of, so one final, based on, uh, sorry, number one was about, um, what was number one, Zoe, you wrote it down. It was change the story you tell yourself. Change the story, uh, base decisions on truths. And number three is that um, whenever you feel like giving up is the moment you take a move. Mm -hmm. When you feel like giving up, take an action, right? And this is what I've talked about micro goals before is take the small action. That could be a phone call. It could be a rant with your girlfriend. It could be ringing the client. It could be just must take some action. Because when you stay in the, uh, in, in the cesspit of that story, you overthink. Now, taking action could be resting. It can be taking time out and going for a walk, taking action. So it's an intentional action, right? It doesn't have to be a business action. It's an intentional, not like I'm just going to be apathetic and give up. And, so I go, well, no, because you know what? I'm going to turn the computer off, turn the notifications off and go for a walk and give myself some space. There's a meme the other day whereby anything computer, you know, the best solution to a computer problem is to unplug and then plug it in. Same with humans. Sometimes we need to unplug ourselves to recharge and then plug up ourselves. And it's amazing that, oh, actually, you come to a, a potential solution or a, or, a, or a conclusion about something. I think that overwhelm is massive. Like there are so many people that we're speaking to at the moment who just say, I'm so overwhelmed. I've got so much to do. I don't even know where to start. And you mentioned something about impact at the beginning of the conversation. And I know that like Joe and I are here because we want to make an impact by raising the game for bookkeepers. We want bookkeepers to see themselves as more valuable than they do. Like we want to level the playing field between bookkeepers and accountants because bookkeepers are doing really amazing work to help small business owners and they don't always see it. Hmm. How do we um, how do we help bookkeepers to avoid that overwhelm and sort of work out what the impact is that they want to make? Yeah, so when you say, you know, they say, they're really overwhelmed, I've got so much to do. I challenge that. What do you mean so much to do? List list the things you've got to do, right? No, no, you, there's so much. I don't know where to start. Well, let's start with one thing. List one thing. Now list the next thing. List the next thing, right? Now, as bookkeepers, you're very logical. So you can do lists, you can do columns, you can do spreadsheets, you can do formulas, all those things, right? So let's list the things you've actually got to do. Let's get practical really here. Well, I've got to um, uh, do that VAT return for the client. I've got to ring that person up. I've got to do this. Okay, right. Now go to your logical brain. Look at those things. Actually, which of those things has to be done now? Otherwise, the world will implode. Or your world will implode. Well, actually, only those two things. Right. How long will those two things take? Mm, no, that's just really just I need to send that thing off. Or I need to complete that thing. Okay. So now it's about getting practical about it. As soon as you get practical about the potential overwhelm, you realize there is no overwhelm. I refuse to work, use the word busy. You know, I'm never busy, right? I'm just doing what I do. So this morning, as me and Zoe were, we were in a clubhouse room. But while that room was going on, I was at a gym. I was doing my sets. I was doing my cardio. I came home, had breakfast, and then I had a call with, a, with one of my website guys. Had a call with him. Then I had a call with you guys, right? We had an hour call. After that, I had to do some admin stuff, go there, send a couple of emails, made a couple of phone calls, then I'm doing this podcast. After you, I've got a two o'clock coaching session. That will last for an hour. Then I've then I've got a, between three and four, do some bits and pieces. Then I'm running a room, 
uh, guest moderating room at four o'clock on Clubhouse. That'll be an hour and a half, five thirty. Then I've got another call six fifteen. Then at seven, I'm, I'm I'm making dinner for myself. Always cook for myself. Now, if you look at my day, is it an active day? Right, but I won't come. I won't. Be, I'm not busy. I'm just doing what I'm doing. At this okay. moment, I'm doing this podcast. At two o'clock, I'll do a coaching session. At three o'clock, I'll do that admin. I'll have something to eat. At four o'clock, I'll run that clubhouse room. Where the overwhelm comes in is, have I prepared for those things? Have I got to get things done? Is there things, you know, stuff might come into my inbox now. It's about understanding what the overwhelm is. You collapse things together and have an emotional charge against them. Mm -hmm. right? You guys recorded some videos this morning, correct? Yeah. You record some videos. You had to communicate to your community. You're running this podcast. You probably got other meetings, and then you know you're you got your mothers with young children, so you've probably have to do everything by three thirty ish. So mm. you got you know, so you got that charge, and then you know to try and do any work after the kids come is just like just too much. Mm -hmm. so I I say number one, change the language around being busy. Stop being busy. Start being productive. Right. If you're overwhelmed, be realistic. I've got so much to do. Don't use that language. What do I have to do? What you know, we talked about you're part of my coaching program. And I say, well, how, what is it? What do you need to do just to win the week this week? What does winning the week look like? Does it look like creating two videos? Does it look like um, closing this deal? Does it what does it look like? And keep things in control. So we go so go on. Can I ask a question that Rebecca, um, who's watching this on YouTube, Miss Finance said, she said, Beji, would you say it's better completing larger tasks before smaller tasks or vice versa with a list? Right, okay. So is it better to eat meat or vegetarian? It's the personal preference. So get this, right? There's one school of thought here that says, you know what? So you know that book, Eat the Frog? Yeah? So something to get the most ugliest, horrible task you don't want to do out the way right? And then you can relax, right? There's another school of thought is, you know, I'm going to do three relatively easy tasks today, right at the start, which means I'll win the day early, right? So what was her name? I forget her name. So whatever, Rebecca. Right, Rebecca, whatever your psychology is, so try it. What works for you? Does getting the big task done for you allow yourself, do you know what, now I've got the space to do the other things? Or you're the kind of person that if I leave the big task at the end, it just plays in your mind. So those little tasks you don't even get done. So it's personal preference. So you I found as well with little, with little kids, when I had really little kids as well, for me, it was like make a list of all the tiniest, tiny next steps you can take so you don't have to think about it. You're like, this is the next thing. That is the only thing. When I get a time, that's the thing to do. But it's I, circumstance as well, isn't it? Yeah. Can I ask just what, you know, we've been on WhatsApp now, part of a group and individually. Just in your experience, instinctively tell me, in your experience, when you've communicated WhatsApp, how long does it take me to reply back? Oh, like straight away? Yeah, yeah. Now, people might think, how the hell can you? I have this philosophy, right? Is WhatsApp is one of my main, WhatsApp for me is not a distraction. It works for me, right? If I know I can, I've got the answer and it will take me less than a minute, then I answer. That's my mindset. Because then it avoids piling, piling, piling up. Now, I'm not sitting here saying, do it my way. Find your way. Right. So I'm never going to say, right, this is how you use WhatsApp. You should do big tasks first and then small later. So, Rebecca, test it out. I'm going to ask Re Rebecca, answer back instinctively. Are you the kind of person that loves to get the big thing out of the way so then you can focus? Or if you do small things quickly, then it gives you that thing, right, confidence to do the big thing. She will know which ones instinctively works for her. And then it's about creating the world for you, Rebecca, that makes sure that happens. So how what do you need? I've tried both, but I think you might be right getting those out of the way that I don't want to do. First. Perfect, great. So now you know that Miss Finance, Rebecca, right? <laughs> so now you know that, 
right, is organize your world to ensure you allocate windows of time in the morning to get the big task done. Don't set yourself up for failure by having loads of meetings in the morning then. Right, you might say, I only do meetings from 11 o'clock onwards. So all the big tasks that you know works for you, you get them done before. If she's, a, if she's got young children, then making sure you do that as soon as the school runs done, you come bang, 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 bang. And then you can say, right, my, so for example, I avoid client calls before 10 o'clock, 10.30, right? Just avoid that. Let's avoid as much as possible. So what I, so you might, so you can say to yourself, if I can have that window, I don't know any client calls, any client work, I get the big task done for you that gives you that relaxation during the day. So find your way, you know, perform, potential is performance minus interference. What do you need to get rid of to, in order you perform at your peak? So potential is there. Oh, oh, I love that. Go on. Sorry, I, mean, Jay, I was just thinking, it's like, it's, we give so much energy and emotion to future tasks and say that it feels overwhelming. It's the, it's that attachment of emotion to it. And I, it's so funny because I'm, I felt like that today and you saying that I'm just like, that thing that I'm feeling a bit, will take me five minutes to deal with. I just can't do it right now. So we need to just be more present, yeah. be where we're at. Yeah. And then when we have time, deal with what we need to deal with yeah. in the future so we'll change the language not when we have time when will i allocate the time for it change the language there because when we say when we will have time you're looking for spareness there's no spare that's spare change not spare change is change if i say you know sorry apologize there's no change there's no spare change there's just change there's no spare time it's just time so it's about what's the language we use for ourselves in terms of when you allocate it and when you do it and also it's look you never have um no one's ever busy it's just priorities right i promise you this right if you if you guys are want a priority you wouldn't get replies from me on whatsapp right it's the same thing with anybody so don't kid yourselves anybody in the world whoever's watching this you will always create the time for what's important to you yes always. okay always. so this is interesting okay so like we want to make an impact like bookkeepers want to make an impact this is more than just going out trading some time for 25 pound an hour or 50 pound an hour or 75 pound an hour first off we have to price in a different way that's another conversation but also we want to do something greater through doing that and we perhaps when we're prioritizing things we're how do we choose the things to prioritize so that we're in aligned with the bigger impact that we want to create? Like, how do we work out what that is and then set goals aligned with it? Right. So get this right. Nobody starts a business and ever wants to hire a bookkeeper or an accountant. That's not a priority. They don't. Right. We don't want you. We never want you. It's like money down the drain. However, what they want is the peace of mind. They're not going to get chased by the tax man. They want peace of mind. They can pay legally the least amount of tax. They want the peace of mind to ensure that money that comes into their business is efficiently used for expenses and blah, 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 blah. Right. So the bookkeeper and the accountant is the person that allows them access so the business person can go and do what they do. So the impact is not about whether you can have a 100K business. Focus on the impact. Actually, my clients are going to be able to do this. So you might say as a bookkeeper, I want to help 100,000 businesses. So say you choose, say as a niche, say I'm a niche in uh, hospitality, 
right? That's my niche, hotels and hospitality and sort of restaurant, right? So your 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 impact statement as a bookkeeper, I want to, uh, my, my impact is I want to help 100 restaurant owners create a, um, an exper- uh, a fantastic experience for their customers. Now, you might think it's quite detached, but believe you me, right? If a restaurant owner says, if that's your, your vision, I want to use you. Right? You're a bookkeeper who has a vision of making sure a thousand restaurants gives their customers the best experience. So as a bookkeeper, I'm going to look at your cash flow. I'm going to look at right where we can move your cash flow so you can have that. So when you're thinking as a restaurant owner, oh, we can't have that extra uh, supplier. We can't use that thing. I will look at your flow as actually, do you know what? You don't need to spend that money there. You can spend it there. <gasps> Does that mean I can have an extra major D? Does that mean I can? Do you get what I'm saying? So it's that third party impact. So if you start changing the impact statement away from, so you can have two impact statements. One is an internal thing, right? I want to create a business so I can feed my children and get a house and go to France and all this, right? But the external impact statement could be related to the impact you want your business owners to make in their businesses. Yeah? Think about Google's mission statement. Google's mission statement is this, is that everybody is one click away from the information they want. Right. So they make it about us. Right. So if they say, well, then all of their technology and their stuff and their board meetings is, well, whatever we're doing now, you know, you may, we mentioned yesterday this book, will it make the boat go faster? So everything that Google said, is this change of algorithm? Is this change of font on our website going to make sure ensures that our vision is met, which is every person's one click away from the information they want? If it isn't, well, don't do it. So as a bookkeeper, I want to make sure 100,000 business owners, hospitality, restaurant owners, creates a business. Right. If I do this, if I offer this extra service in my thing, will this help that restaurant owner? Yes, it will. Great. Let's do it. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And Sarah's just commented to say that it's a really interesting way to niche down and see bookkeepers as more as a, of a more than just a bean counter. And this is, that, is what we've got to get away from, isn't it? Yeah. This idea that we're a bean counter. But you, but you've the bookkeepers have got to educate us. It's your responsibility to educate us that you aren't a bean counter or a bookkeeper, is that you are part of our team that allows us to maximize our profits. Right. So I would encourage every bookkeeper to go to their clients today and say, right, can you go to each of their clients and ask them for their vision and mission statements? They haven't. You can do an exercise, but we can come to that later. Right. Ask your business owners for that. So if you understand your business owner's mission and vision, you can then use that to see how you can. Um, uh, create a better service for them takes you to another level so good because when we're focusing that's and that's how we can line up our goals and our actions and our micro goals all of that stuff around knowing what the aim of the game is and the aim of the game yes we can have like you say our internal you know vision and mission and what we want to achieve but it spins it on the it spins it on its head when you start thinking, well, what is it that the business owners that we're working for, what are they trying to strive for? And how can we how can we use our messaging to make them realise that we are the people that will help them achieve their goals? I like, you know, what's the purpose? When do you when let's take it to its core level? If the bookkeeper does their job, is the business owner will have a set either an end of a quarterly set of accounts, and usually it's like not not if it's not done regularly it's only a um, um, historical p- 
picture of their business, isn't it? It's not now or potential for That's where the cash flow stuff comes in, right? So the more integral you can be part of that business where you're given information and insights for the business owner to make informed decisions, the more resourceful you are, as opposed to you're someone that collects their receipts and puts it in that column. You I love that. You, yeah, it's the it, responsibility to educate your clients about your value and your worth. And, and I, I asked that you know I asked a question. I said, if you went to a hundred business owners and asked them, right, okay, can you tell me the exact the reasons why someone should have a bookkeeper and an accountant, or just a bookkeeper, or just an accountant? Most people don't know. Most bookkeepers and accountants probably can't answer it in a way that informs the the business owner. So part of you know you guys your your impact is about you want to empower bookkeepers to create the life they desire. And you're going to show them how to formulate their businesses, whether they want a six-figure business, seven-figure business, niche down, not niche down, whatever it is, right? So you've got the resources to help them. However, they have to believe in, trust your process and take action, even if they don't know that the action is the right action all the time. And that's the key. That's the faith thing. But let's yeah. not make it about your bookkeeping. Let's not make it about externally, not make it about your revenue, but externally make it about how can I be part of my business owner's team? Because the business owner out there is looking for teams. You know, they're looking for a graphic designer, a marketing person, and an implementer, and blah, blah. And you shouldn't be like, oh, do you know what? I've got to do my books. Oh, flipping hell. You shouldn't be part of that conversation. You should be part of the, the, original, the original conversation. And I think that a lot of people would love to do that, but we still can't help holding ourselves back because we tell ourselves things like we're just the sidekick for the accountant or we're not like we're not as valuable. We're not worth as much. Like, and then we just get in our own way of like our own success. Like this sounds like a really great thing. Oh, my goodness. I could be this business partner for all the businesses I'm working with and I can really help them like with their strategy. A simple, and get them simple exercise I can give everyone right now. Yes. Simple exercise that every bookkeeper is watching this is, is go uh, pick your five best clients and be in communication and ask them for their vision and mission statements. Right? You'll get one or two answers. I haven't got one. Well, that tells you a lot. Then that's an opportunity for you as a bookkeeper to get in conversation about the importance of it. Right? Whether that involves a little bit of like, oh, this is mine. Let me show you why the important is, blah, blah, blah. And they'll be thinking, why is my bookkeeper asking me this? You are... Look, first principle of networking, right, is you go to a networking event, the best way to network is to be interested. When you're interested in someone, you become interesting. Right? This is no different here. So bookkeepers, five of your best, any five clients, five best clients, then be in communication before Christmas and find a vision mission. When you say a company, this is my mission and mission, then ask yourself, actually, what could you do now to ensure in terms of your services to make sure they meet that and get in communication. Don't don't try and work out what that looks like before you get that answer because what that looks like might come out of a conversation with your client. Yeah. Simple as that. Hope that helps. Yeah, that's amazing. Um it's I I, we we don't I think we we do say all the time you know exactly that when you get on a sales call or something just ask questions you know got two ears for listening one mouth for talking listen twice as much as you talk but 
what happened so in the in our bookkeepers minds we are thinking okay we can ask them that and um we could do you know we could do that but what if we make a mistake and mess something up how do we get over what if if we do something wrong because maybe you're new in this industry maybe you're learning something and it's there's a lot to learn you know we are professionals this is not just something you know we have to study we have to learn but even things come up day-to-day in business or maybe something we just don't know about or something what how do we get over that because it can how do we use things like that to grow what rather than knock us down and diminish us okay so an example of a mistake could be what um not claiming the right thing on a vat return so the mistake is made because what the bookkeeper's forgotten that or you're thinking the the client hasn't declared something What, what do you mean um maybe there's a bit of a lack of knowledge in a certain industry and you thought that um you know you thought you could claim for it and you shouldn't or vice versa um so you got the technical mistake mm-hmm. right the thing that the business owner may assume you should know yeah right you know you should know whether i should claim that on this or not right right so this is where part of the community is ask the question so ask yourself right if you're not sure it's like any industry whether it's bookkeeping in the coaching industry any industry right is to go to someone and ask the question there's no such thing as a silly question and you've created a community that's really good right is you've got facebook groups you've got zoom meetings you've got boot camps you've got all these things there is it's the onus on the bookkeeper ask the question that you believe is the most silly question right Oh, he had this restaurant thing. He had a party of six, climb in. He's asked me to claim that. I'm not sure. Should I? Should I not? What's the circumstance? Ask the question. Because the question that you want to ask is the question that everybody thinks of. And guess what, right? Usually, no. More, 99 times out of 100, the person that asked the question is used the most intelligent. Right? The person who asks the questions, you may, because when you ask a question, you're coming from a place of, I asked a question this morning in the thing about, it was about blockchain and i just asked the question about um uh if i give something away is it cheap now on the surface someone like me i should have the answer to that if beja doesn't know oh my god we're all knackered right so i thought oh, i don't want to ask that question if beja's asking that he can't be as good as he is but i asked that question because one i didn't really know i wanted to know what he thought but also i'm sure other people are thinking that as well right the big mistake, the only mistake you can make is not ask a question. So if they want to say, well, how do you avoid making mistakes? The biggest mistake you make is not asking questions. Link to that. Um, how, do you... how do you deal with professional criticism? This is a question from Sarah. She said, not that we've made a mistake, but that perhaps there's a clash of personalities or communication issues. And that could be a massive knockback, can't it, for your confidence? Well, it could be a knockback. So there's three things there. There's professional criticism. There's clash of personalities and communications. There's three different things, massively, right? So if there's communication issue, that's that needs to be dealt with. And what is it? Is it because they're assuming something or you're assuming something? Do you, do you, is it communication by email? You don't ever pick up the phone. So there's one there, right? Clash of personalities, again, we're all different in our world. It's being aware. It's don't treat others how you want to be treated. Treat how they want to be treated. This goes back to the original question of understanding their values. If you get to understand your clients a bit more, you might be able to preempt some clashes, right? Can we be honest with them, Zoe? You and me have had clashes. Oh my God, me and Beiju. I, I, I can't hold myself back sometimes, sorry. Yeah, now, <laughs> if we weren't emotionally aware of each other, it could have gone really bad, right? But we sort of catch ourselves, How do, what's, the, what's going on? So we get that, don't we, right? Yeah. So it's, it's what's the reason we're here? Now, professional criticism, and I get this, right? 
can you give me an example? I'm assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, a professional criticism could be, well, um, uh, uh, you you missed one uh, expense out or the VAT return was wrong or something. Would that be a kind of thing? What, give me an example of professional criticism. Kind of, I don't know, Sarah, if you're watching, and could you let us know what has something come up or has someone said something particular? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, is it like about comparing against some you're not as good as or I'm leaving you for this other person who seems to be better than you? Or... Right, OK, right. Look, you know, I've got, you know, this, you, you, you describe me as a performance guru, coach, speaker, trainer, psychologist, whatever you want to call it. But in that realm, right, there's dime a dozen of them, loads of them. Right. And it's like the, this, the question, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Right. I can be as good. I know how good I am. However, if you your filters see that I am of a certain way, which mean doesn't meet your values and standards, you don't want to work with me, then so be it. All I can do is be my authentic self and be who I need to be, right? If you still choose not to, they're not your right people. Something like, I wouldn't do the process like that, or I'm leaving because X does it this way. Well, in, like, so there's two things. I wouldn't do the process like that. So you might have a certain way of doing a set of accounts and they don't like it. So there's two things there. Number one, if you truly believe based on your values and how you are professional is this is the right way and they choose not to, it's not the right client, number one. So but don't be afraid to sack a client. It's the most liberating thing you can do. Second one, I'm leaving because X does it this way. Great, jog on, right? If you're completely got all the facts you want and you're completely satisfied that you believe that if you feel they're giving you a better service, great. All I ask, do like a sort of semi-exit interview. Say, do you know what? Thank you so much. Could I ask have a five-minute conversation? Let me know what you believe I didn't or couldn't provide because it helped me develop myself. I, I'm just going to jump in because I've had this today. And I'm, I like to be honest and share the good times and the bad times with our community. And today I've had an email saying that one of my clients is leaving and um, now she she wanted to leave earlier in the year, and I spoke to her, and we realised that um, she holds she holds herself. What she didn't like is that we were setting targets for her and her business, and she wasn't achieving, or the business wasn't achieving them. And she said she was was making her feel bad. Now we, so we didn't. She had goals, and I was saying, well, if you're going to reach this goal, let's break it down. So this is what we need to achieve. And when she wasn't achieving it, we were making her feel. bad. Or she said it made her feel bad. We weren't making her feel bad. Um, and at the end of the day, we can't actually go in and run the business. We can give lots of advice and encouragement and everything. Anyway, she ended up crying on the phone to me. Oh, my goodness, I'm being so silly. I can't believe this. You know, I'm earning so much more money than I've ever earned. I'm coming back. This week, she's messaged me and she went, I'm ready to go limited. Let's have a meeting on Friday. So I said, right, let's have a meeting on Friday. She's cancelled the meeting on Friday. She can't make it. And now she's just messaged me to say she's leaving because she can't afford me. And I'm like, sometimes we you just can't. have to let go because yeah, I've had similar situations, similar situations, right? And you, and thing is, we look, if you go to a sort of a psychological concept, everybody's way of behavior is their projection of themselves. Mm -hmm. So what's going on for them, right? Now we might be at the uh, uh, the, the, uh, the disadvantage of that because then we lose a client or we lose money or we lose that, right? But swings around about in the end it'll be okay. And that's her thing of whatever's going on, right? Whatever's come up. And it might be where she's been thinking it a long time, or it might be saying it's come up this morning, right? It's mm -hmm. their stuff. And this is why, that's why it's so important for bookkeepers. Understand your values, understand where you're coming from and your responsibility. You Okay, the other thing is, I'm assuming everybody's in this community who's a bookkeeper, you've chosen this, right? Right, you've chosen this game. 
Mm -hmm. Don't talk about life's a game. If you choose football, don't try and play rugby. <laughs> Ain't going to work, right? If you're going to play tennis, don't try and play badminton, mm -hmm. right? So you've got to play the game a little bit. And part of the game, you might not like. You know, footballers, there's part of football that some people don't like part of the game or the or the leader. I don't want to do training, but I love playing the game. Same with bookkeeping. You might think, well, you know, you should love every part of it. Not necessarily. So I get you might not like the part of going out and getting their business, putting your prices up and all the rest of it. Well, you've chosen to be self-employed. You've chosen to run your own business. So part of the, you want the reward, the flexibility, the income coming in, the notoriety of people saying, oh, you're wonderful, you help me. But what comes with that is a little bit of like, so don't resist the thing that requires you to get that journey. You have to sharpen your sword sometimes, right? And it's not, it's not always nice. Oh, my goodness. I think we could probably talk for the rest of the afternoon, couldn't we, about this. Um, Beju, I know you're going to come back to join us for our Bookkeepers Boot Camp, which is in the first week of January. For anyone who doesn't know, you can now register at sixfigurebookkeeper.com slash bootcamp. Uh, we also announced something in our Facebook group about how we are going to be gifting you a crypto coin that we haven't launched yet if you sign up on our bootcamp list. So go and find out about that in the Facebook group, Six Figure Bookkeepers Club. Um, but, and Beju will be there. It's starts on the 3rd of January. Beiju, how can people find out more about what you do? I know you have a, a quiz that people can, or, or, I don't know if that's the right way to describe it, that people can go and do to find out more about how they can improve their own game. Yeah, so I'm very fortunate that I've got a very unique name. So if you literally Googled Beiju Slanky, or, you know, you'll find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Clubhouse, and all the rest of it. But um, as, um, uh, as as Zoe's put up there, um, you see my book there. There, 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 you see my book, right? The Change Your Game book, right? And I talk about that life's a game and there's three core games that we have to win. The inner game, which we've been talking about, you know, your confidence, your mindset, your emotions, your thoughts. When you, and it's, it's like there's no end game, but you have to win that game constantly by feeding yourself with positivity and all the things that we talk about. The second game that we've got to win is the game plan, which is the roadmap, the strategy. And a lot of things that you do with your clients is helping them create their own strategy and roadmap. But also, you've also admitted that it falls into the inner game because you have to have those conversations with your clients. And then the final game is the outer game, which is how well are you in, how consistent you are in taking actions. Everybody takes an action. The very fact that you wake up and make, well, hopefully make your bed, you've taken an action. So job. But the, the difference between good, great and excellent is consistency of action. So what I've done is on the, in the book is you can get a digital download. If you, I've created a scorecard that measures how effective and strong you are in each of those three games. So the scorecard, the link that put, um, Zoe's put there, change your game scorecard. If you complete the scorecard completely free, you'll get a report giving you a percentage of how strong each of those games are. And within that, um, uh, with it, once you've completed that, there'll be a little download to get a digital copy of the book. Now, I know people are watching this, sorry. So this is right. If they want a physical copy, right, is the first five people that message you they've done that task about asking five clients and thing is how do i police it i don't know i'm just going to trust and karma email will, us karma email us but them doing it but karma will punish you if you lie that's what i will say right karma will come back and get you so i'm asking those first five people that message you and say i've spoken to five of my clients and i've asked them the question of what their vms are will get a physical signed copy of this Perfect. If you're one of those people, if you are one of the first five people who've emailed and asked for those statements, email us hello at sixfigurebookkeeper.com and we will let Beju know and he'll send you a copy of your book.
Perfect. Fab. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you everyone who's joined us live as well. We always love these to be really interactive sessions. Come and join us in the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club and you'll be able to find out more there about Bootcamp as well. And we will see you next week for another podcast. Take care. Thank you. Don't forget to join us every week on the Bookkeepers Podcast, the topical bookkeeping chat. Why not join our free Facebook group, the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club, or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com.